0: Welcome to the Peace Church D-Group Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Perry, the mobilization pastor and D-Group Leader at Peace Church. I'm here with Aaron Pierce, our multiplication pastor and leader of our discipleship ministry. This podcast is a resource to encourage, equip, and empower D-Group Leaders to lead their D-Groups well. Oh yeah, we back. Welcome back to the Peace D-Group Leaders Podcast. It's been a minute, but man, we are excited to be back this is episode 38 what we're going to talk about here the biggest lessons that aaron and i have learned through leading d groups. so this is important because oftentimes in discipleship we feel discouraged because we feel like you know we've been making mistakes but we need to all realize we're all still learning even as we continue to disciple others so learning what others have experienced in discipleship is going to bring us some encouragement so we wanted to share from our own experience in order to help you um avoid some of the same mistakes we've made, as well as just encourage you um, with some new perspectives that we've gained as we've discipled others. So, Aaron, dude, let's jump into the biggest lessons we've learned in discipleship.
1: Yeah, so to be honest, this one is the one that's probably the most uh, humbling to do, because to be fair, I think we've said this on this podcast before, but so much of like what goes on in discipleship, you really learn from mistakes, from perceived failures, or just struggles that you go through, and so we're gonna bounce back and forth different things that Brad and I have each learned, but uh, man, the first thing I would say, one of the biggest lessons, biggest takeaways for sure, is it's taught me patience. So I say this because on the front end, I'm not like, I'm not necessarily a really impatient person, but I wouldn't necessarily consider myself just super patient, however, I do feel like I'm really patient with people, generally speaking. It takes me a lot to get angry or frustrated with people um, when it comes to objects or projects. That's a whole different story. We'll have a whole podcast about that. But uh, truthfully, like discipleship has taught me patience in this sense because it takes so much more time than you could ever think, and it takes a lot of effort and investment, and it involves so many variables that you can't control. So I think for me, like when I look back at the course of times, whether it's D groups or even discipling one-on-one, I can see where I wanted things to move faster. It's like um, you're just wanting this instant change, or even thinking, you know, we tell D groups, "Hey, we want you to meet about 12 to 18 months." And while that's a good general time frame. Man, people take a lot longer sometimes to change. And so it's like, man, I'm looking at it, I'm going, this person or all of the people in my group should be ready to multiply, but that's just not how it is. They might be moving forward, but they're not at the place where they're like really mature yet and they just need more time. And so it takes patience. And I think for me where that comes to play really is the consistency to keep pressing in and keep investing even when you don't see the results that you want, I think is where patience really comes out for me. And I've seen myself get the most frustrated when I lead discipleship, when I'm putting expectations on them that's really imposed from me thinking, I've got to see these results so that I feel successful in discipleship, when in the reality, it should be Am I seeing them become more like Christ? Because that's really the goal, not whether or not I achieve certain results from them. And so I think for me, that's a huge lesson I've had to learn is just to be patient. Discipleship is a marathon, not a sprint. It takes time. And I think in that, celebrating the mundane wins. When the person who never read the Bible starts doing a hear journal for the first time, like that's a big deal. They may not be doing it five days a week yet, but that's a big step, you know? And those little uh, moments of progress I've had to learn to step back and say, gotta quit being impatient and celebrate the small wins. I think it's probably one of the biggest things I've learned.
0: Yeah, to add to patience, and this is, I started thinking about this as you were talking, um, along those same lines of something I've learned with patience is that I've noticed a lot of times like they come out hot. It's like when you first start first two, three, four meetings, it's like, dude, they're all in doing it, but then all of a sudden it gets tough. Yeah. So having the patience through those times where man, they, they, they came out hot, and then it was like, then they get in a little lull, just having a patience through that lull. But then also how to encourage them through that. But
1: for sure, you think about how much Jesus had to deal with the disciples making mistakes over and over, and he was still patient with them. So, how about you, Brad? What's a lesson for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna start negative,
0: <laughs> so that we can end positive. <laughs> there you um, go. I think one of the negatives was, was this: is that dude accountability only works when you're honest. Yeah. Um, I've led D groups where you get to those accountability questions and they're answering them and then you come to find out the answer was a lie. (laughs) So it's like, you know, this thing works only if we're being honest with one another and that's going to take time. It's going to take, you know, building trust. And so we've talked a lot about that earlier on about the importance of trust, but that's just one I took away was like, man, accountability is only going to work if you're being honest when I ask you these questions. I think that's a good thing
1: you brought up because I don't know that we've mentioned this that much in here, but it just makes me think of like the structure we have in place, right? To make disciples, getting in the scripture, doing accountability—all that's good, but none of that in of itself is guaranteed to make somebody grow.
0: Yeah, regardless, even though we are very highly relational in these church culture, um, you develop the habit or you get really good at hiding things. And when you've grown up in church culture and the more religious you are, it's like you could put that church face on. Mm-hmm. And even in these settings, you know, a lot of times people will revert back to that, put the guard up, sound spiritual, you know. And so I, I try, look, one of the things I try to do to combat that is I try to, you know, talk of my shortcomings early on so that they can say it's okay to drop your guard a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one because I've had people say things like, yeah, I think I've done that at some point. I'm like, okay, be specific (laughs) in those accountability um, lessons. Uh, Man, so I would say another big lesson that I've learned would be just my own insufficiency. So for me and my personality, I like to – I'm competitive. I like to think that if I put the time in and the work that I will be able to achieve something out of it just in general in life. And so for me, when I look at discipleship, it's so frustrating because there's times where I'm doing everything I can, pouring out as much as I can, um, helping them or whatever way, and it's not reciprocated, or the group falls apart, or the person flakes out, or whatever the case may be. And I think for me, it's just a reminder of God letting me know, like you and I, um, Brad, and all of you listening as individuals, we do not have the power to make disciples, period. Like God uses us, God wants us to be faithful, and there are things we can do to best give them the chance to grow, but it's ultimately God through his spirit working through us. And I think sometimes in discipleship, we put so much pressure on ourselves, and it goes both ways. Like when we see success, we pat ourselves on the back and say, man, I'm a great disciple maker. But then when we see failure, we get so defeated because we put it all on ourself, and instead we've gotta realize like it's only through God, only through his power. And there's so many examples I could give, but just one that stands out was, in particular, there's a guy I was meeting with one-on-one who was just walking through repeated sin struggles. And it was so bizarre because he would wanna do certain things and then just kind of be dismissive about the sin. And I remember just coming to my wits end, like I've given him all the resources, he's not receiving it, but he still wants to meet, he's not dropped out. And so I remember just praying and God convicted me and was like, how much are you really praying for him in this issue? And so I took the next couple weeks to just retreat and really pray. And it's funny, the biggest breakthrough we had in the seven months or so that we were meeting was after then, and it just reminded me, I was relying so much on myself, what I could offer and give, as opposed to just pleading with God and recognizing I'm completely insufficient. And I think it tests you in ways that makes you, uh, discipleship tests you in ways that makes you realize that, but I think that's a good thing because then it leans you more into trusting in Christ Um, Rather than trusting in yourself, I don't know if you've run into that too, Brad. But that's just something that really stands out to me with
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Second thing for me. Yeah. Is uh, as the leader, it's like you got to be careful um, that you're not spending too much time on the things that aren't important, or because we want these to be very relational. And so, but it's really easy as you get to know that group and you guys build a strong bond to just like spend the first. You know 20 minutes just chatting about whatever and then all of a sudden you look at your clock and you're like oh man we got 15 minutes before we got to get out of here so you guys can go to work or whatever it is and then you just fly through your hearing journals and you just fly through the accountability um and that's i mean it's, it's easy to do because again you're building a strong bond and so i would just say be careful that you're not spending too much time on the relational side um, that you don't get into the accountability because I mean the D groups they are intended to be highly accountable um, and not just not just hanging out with friends and so you do you become friends and you become really close and so it's easy to just talk about LeBron talk about KD <laughs> and these trades what's gonna happen you know whatever it is Um and then all of a sudden you look and your time's gone. So just as the leader, just always be aware of that because you don't want to rush through the accountability questions. You don't want to rush through the hear journals and what God's been teaching you. I mean, that's, that's the meat of what we're doing. So just, that's mine is just, dude, just be careful because it's really easy for 30 minutes to go by and you're like, oh man. <laughs> you know what's funny about been that? Been there. You know? Since you've said that, I was thinking, I don't,
1: I'm personality wise, I'm not super uh, fearful of like confrontation but what's interesting about what you just pointed out is the longer your group meets the more likely you are if you have good relationships for that to happen and the irony is like it actually makes it harder to have real conversations which is weird right like you would think the deeper your relationship goes or the more comfortable you get you might have more honesty but if you kind of get sidetracked so easily it really makes it hard because then you just enjoy being together and not wanting to have hard conversations at least that's been the case with me and i actually there's the last d group i led i actually had to apologize i'm like guys like I was in that season of just having a kid and was needing that but I felt like I was shortchanging them because it was getting a little bit too lax and so man I I totally agree with that for sure Um, the last thing for me would be I would say quality valuing quality over quantity what I mean by that is it kind of goes back to the first thing of patience but um, and, and I'll be honest just being vulnerable here like there's a pressure I put on myself that's not fair But there's a pressure I put on myself as being the the leader of discipleship ministry that it's almost like in my mind, my groups have to be the The best, best, you know, or like they multiply the most. And so for me, that's just not how it works. Like I can't, again, in my own efforts, um, make somebody multiply or make somebody make disciples. And so for me, and we can't make people be obedient. And we can't rush the process, right? For me, I look at it and I see so many people in our church who are good people, but they need to be discipled, and I'm just one person, and so it's like, if I can rush all these people through a D group, and we can have an army, and in theory, that
0: sounds great. We should do one large class where we (laughs) disciple a 100 people at a time, (laughs) in one Sunday afternoon, and then we're ready. This is where...
1: We need to make sure sarcasm is seen oh, very yeah, clearly sorry. in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but it's like, I mean, i look at it and think back to Jesus, right? He is coming to save the world, and he is looking out a mass of people, thousands of people who need him. And it's not that he doesn't preach the truth, he does to thousands of people, but in the end, he's really focusing on 12 guys that in turn, through the Spirit, go and unleash the power of God um, through disciple-making, but... I look at it and think, man, I have to solve this problem. I have to disciple fast enough and enough people so that there's opportunities to for everybody to get this. And in doing so, I'm valuing quanti- quality. I'm sorry, I'm valuing quantity over quality when I do that. And the truth is, like disciple making is not ultimately about the numbers. It's about the quality of your investment. Which, when you always focus on the quality of your investment, the numbers will come. That's not an excuse to be lazy or be slow or Um, never multiply that's instead saying if you really pour into somebody help them catch the vision they will in turn be more likely to grow and multiply and so it's the quality of relationship I've led D groups where I look back and think man like did I really invest enough did I do all I could because I felt like I was trying to hurry it through just to be done so I can move on to the next one and have more numbers instead of really investing in them and so for me I've been convicted of that and saying I need to sit with people a little bit longer or more not even necessarily just that. I just need to make sure I'm giving them my all rather than rushing the process, stepping into their brokenness and their sin and be willing to face that and make that quality investment versus I've got to get through to get more numbers out. And so for me, I'd say that's a huge lesson I've learned, both as an individual and in leading this ministry that it's just not, you can't rush it. It just takes time. And that's a hard thing for me to swallow sometimes.
0: I just had a quality over quantity discussion last week with a pastor, um, church planner in training, prepping to plan a church and, and just sees the value of discipling and, and D groups and all of that. And they just said, you know, what what's stopping me from doing two groups? What's stopping me from doing three groups? I said so I just hey pump the brakes a little bit. You know, maybe at this phase of, of your life and where you're at, you could do two groups. I was like, but man, you can't really lead well and you're going to stretch yourself too thin, and you're going to shortchange your D group. So it's like, but just like everybody else, man, we have a conviction over it, and we see it. Like, man, so many people need this. Well, dude, I'm a pastor. I'm full-time with this. I can do it, man. I can lead this group. I can lead that group. I can, I can do three groups. Let's go. Yeah. But that ain't reality. No, for sure. That, I've definitely felt that, too. I'll say my last one is, man, it's simple, but it's just that I need it. I don't know how else to say it, but, dude, I just need, I need, Discipleship groups in my life, and so, so I'm coming out of a season right now where I'm not leading a D group. Where, you know, we had somebody move away, and it just fizzled out. And so now it's kind of like in that weird transition time of it's hard to kick one off in the summer when everybody's so scattered. So, you know, I'm hoping to kick kick it back off in the fall when everybody gets in their normal routines of school and stuff like that. Uh, but man, I, dude, I've been missing it. And and honestly, I just say, dude, I need it because I may be the D group leader. Um, But those men challenge me, inspire me, um, hold me accountable. And honestly, I just need it. And and I've been missing it. It's funny
1: you say that because I don't think we've said this yet on here. So very similarly, my last D group ended in March um, or late February, early March. we, We finished. I was in the process of starting a new life group. So I was trying to find some people out of there. And then summer hit. And so I've got some things lined up here in the next couple months. But I've noticed for me, man, like I need it too. I miss it. I mean, just the accountability, just the motive to really make
0: sure I'm doing all that I can with people checking in. It's so important for me, too. Yeah. It's even in my focus in my personal hair journals. It's yeah. different. So like right now, I've been doing my hair. I mean, I've i stayed consistent my five days a week with my hair journals. But it's just different. I don't know how to explain it. It's just different. I'm with you. and And maybe it's almost because we get so focused on
1: just ourselves when you realize when you're investing in people, there's stuff that just comes out that's different that i think is good but man i'm with you i need that too and so i think hopefully as we've shared some of these things it just helps you as listeners to realize like we all face a lot of the same struggles and i would challenge you maybe there's one of these that we've mentioned that stands out to you more and just to work on that or press into that or even just be encouraged by some of the things that we've shared that we've walked through this you've probably walked through it and we just want to best help you as you keep learning and we're going to keep learning because if we do this a year and a half from now, we'll probably have brand new things oh, to say because sure. yeah. we're
0: always learning, and that's part of the disciple making process. And hey, D group leaders, nobody expects you to be perfect, so uh, don't don't beat yourself up too much. But man, that was episode thirty eight, uh, biggest lessons we've learned in discipleship. So we hope that this has been an encouragement to you, challenged you, um, and maybe even inspired you as you go to your next D group uh, meeting. Just to, man, be patient and and all these other things. So man, thank you guys and ladies for listening. Again, we out.